goal chance for Conor McGregor and he'll surely give it in Conor. Oh, what a goal! <laughs> Mackey heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keep oh, Mackey still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is on for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> been a look, Donovan Connor. It's a wild effort on goal. It's all right, welcome along to the GA podcast on News Talk with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the All Ireland Under 21 Hurling Championship. For more details and keep in touch, go to hashtag hurling to the core. It is, of course, the Borgosh Energy All Ireland Under 21 Hurling final weekend. Myself, Dave, and uh, Shane are joined by Owen Sheehan this afternoon. Hello, sir. How are you? Um, bit of a gap week. So there are one or two things to talk about. We'll have a final word from Shane in particular on the All-Ireland Hurling Final. We'll preview the Under-21 Hurling decider between Limerick and Kilkenny. We'll be chatting to um, Mags Darcy as well ahead of the Camogie Finals, which take place at Croke Park on Sunday afternoon. Um, and just to keep us ticking over into the week that everybody really that is involved with the GA looks forward to on the All-Ireland Football Final. Everything that's gone before isn't really worth talking about. Pretty much, to be quite honest with you, I think uh, Shane in particular here is just almost <laughs> vibrating with excitement at the sight of a big ball being kicked around Croke Park instead of uh, the phony war that we've experienced over the past week or so. This is so unfair. I actually love Gaelic football. Now, it's not hurling, but it, like when you wake up and you know you're going to Croke Park to see Mayo, like it is excitement. There was uh, just this is just a complete tangent, but uh, we were sitting around in our tent circle at Electric Picnic on Sunday when this debate came up, and I think it is the most stupid debate of all time. Oh, uh, football is better than hurling, and one guy just said to the other, "He's like, it's just too easy to score in hurling." And I, I won't reveal any identities, but the man defending hurling was actually a Kerry man, a fellow Kerry man, and he was like, "How can you possibly say that hurling is worse than football? That is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard." And it almost spilled over into a full-blown fight over our home games. So thank you to this debate. Uh, I really appreciate you. Uh, but it's, it is the worst thing that's ever happened. It's a terribly ir- irritating, nonsensical and utterly unnecessary debate. Well, let's, uh, well, we should let's just embrace the two sports. I'd be a football man and I think hurling is the greatest sport in the world. Same. I don't understand why we just can't acknowledge that the two phenomenal sports that we have should be embraced and uh, cherished. So you are saying that hurling's better than football, Dave? play to its absolute best I would say yes Can but I'm still a, a football man and always will be I'll throw a sidewinder in there I think there's a possibility that and yes it's completely ruined and riddled with drugs performance enhancing ones that is but American football might actually be the best sport in the world like at its best it is incredible to watch you know the fact that they have a little bit of time to, uh, to kind of come out with their plays and their set pieces and it just it's so spectacular but they're all drugged up to the gills let's be honest I don't think that's happening in the GAA no. but like hurling is absolutely spectacular played at its best but American football is unbelievable can't believe you've thrown the NFL into this uh, debate a sport that takes two days to complete um, where they need a break after every play and um where half the team, if not more, don't spend more than about six minutes of the entire afternoon on the field. It's a very yeah. simplistic view there, Dave. Yeah, it is, also, but it's not entirely inaccurate. Is there something similar between NFL and rugby in a way that, in that a lot of the players on the field can't do the core skills of the game? They just go around pushing each other. 
there are certain similarities. Can we please get away from this tangent? We've seemed to wander down. Final thoughts on the All-Ireland Final, Shane. Galway had plenty of opportunities in this year's championship to bottle it when Wexford were getting on top in the second quarter of the Leinster final, when Tip refused to let go in the All-Ireland semi-final and when Waterford went a couple of points up in the final last Sunday and yet they came through it every time. Ultimately, the best team by a distance are the All-Ireland champions. Does that yeah. sum it all up? Yeah, they've deserved it because even if you think of the last few years, they really like they should have beaten Tip three years in a row in the 2016 semi-final last year. I felt they were the better team and they bullied Tipperary much as they had done in 2015 and even though there was a, only a point between them both times I think you'd have to say that like they physically dominated Tip in an awful lot of the exchanges and uh, seven different players scored two points or more from play the other day I mean that's an incredible return whereas Waterford had only two starting forwards scoring from play at all mm. I, you know it's very hard to say anything other than the best team won for sure how, how, Where would you rank this team in terms of the great point taking teams of all time? Wow, geez, that's that's a tough one. Um, because maybe a bit closer to the mic there, Shane. Yeah, that's a tough one because it's not like they've got or shown a massive goal threat this year. Yeah, they're unbelievable. Their strike rate was unbelievable, and they had very very few wides, and that was probably the difference. Also, in, just in terms of that, it's very very difficult to say without having thought about it that much. But they're obviously up there. But I would say Watford, when they look back on the game, they'll see three free decisions that were made around the hour mark. The game was more or less level at the time. Twice Shane Fives was fouled when he was in possession and he was called for either, either over-carrying or the play was let go. And there was one other instance, I'm not sure who it was, possibly Park Mahoney. But there should have been frees for Watford and instead, pretty quickly, Galway got their scores. And the better team won no matter what. But, you know, if you're if you're Watford... You've got to be pretty frustrated with those decisions. And what about Waterford in 2018? Yeah, they've got where, to Where evolve. does this leave them now? They've got to evolve a little bit. I mean, just like I'm saying there, you've got to be frustrated with those decisions because would Galway have cracked in the last 10 minutes? They've shown they've cracked in the last couple of years against Kilkenny at crucial times. Um, I don't know. They've got to evolve a little bit. Will Brick come back? Because if he doesn't, even at 34, he's still so incredibly important to them. So if he and like he's a ball winner, that's the big thing. That's a problem with a lot of their forward lines, that are a lot of their forward line that they've got small nippy players, but the ball doesn't always stick up there. And we saw with Austin Gleeson not getting involved in the game, you know they need to find more ball winners. Maybe Tom Devine will be the guy next year, but I mean a lot of his reputation is based on scoring two one against Dahi Burke in a league game. And as we know, what is league? It's only league. Well. The biggest problem with the league is that it's the league. Yeah. Um, the other hurling story the week before we move off all things senior hurling this week is David Fitzgerald's decision to come back to Wexford for another year or two. I think anyone who's got a grow for hurling is probably delighted that is the case. It would have been a serious shame given the progress they made in 2017 to see him walk away then and somebody else have to try and come in and pick up where he left off. Well, I think it was just bizarre that this was up for a decision in the first place. I, I thought it was a complete no-brainer from Wexford. Well, I don't think it was ever a decision Wexford had to make. It was going to be up to Davy, of course. Uh, but like the fact that it wasn't a two-year deal in the first place, I think straight away you take Davy, you think it's a two-year bump, you think get him in, change things around. And what an odyssey it's been for Wexford all this season. I think you mentioned the league there. The fact that Galway are still in Division 1B says it all about kind of not just where Wexford placed their emphasis this year, but just of the immediate bounce they got off uh, Davy early on in the in the year as well. Uh, so I think they've got more improvements to make. You look at all the, the young players they've got that are still improving 
it is inc- it's almost a mirror image this Wexford team to the Clare uh, setup and the preponderance of under 21s that were available in the, in the senior ranks as well so I think it's something that Davey's experienced with and he's already taken and has brought to the very top level but just on, on a very brief point just on Waterford for next year you can get Waterford at 6-1 to one, uh, to win the All-Ireland next year, which is incredible odds, I think. Galway are 5-2. to two. For a team that beat Waterford by one score, 5-2 to two to 6-1 to one doesn't really compute to me. So there's my early season tip for 2018. <laughs> I couldn't see them winning All-Ireland. I just couldn't. And especially Tip will be better um, next year. There was a replay of the 2016 All-Ireland final between Tip and Kilkenny on TV during the week. And by God, it was a completely different Tipperary. They were ripping into Kilkenny in a way that we never saw this year against any other opposition. They were fi- like just beginning to come rise against Galway. Didn't quite get to that level of last year. Tip should be better next year. I mean, no better county to self-destruct than Tipperary, but they should be better next year. I think Kilkenny will improve. Um, I'm not sure Watford just quite have the... Like, if the other teams are, are flying, I'm not quite sure if Watford will do it. As for Wexford... Again, another team that I'm not sure what they can... Like, could they beat that Galway team? They were beaten really, really comprehensively, even though the scoreline mightn't have suggested it. Before half-time, you know, around the half-hour mark, when Galway started to get their hand around the Wexford throat, they were gasping for half-time. Well, we're not necessarily saying that Wexford might be All-Ireland contenders next year, but they'll be in a position where they can maybe drive a bit forward to a semi-final, perhaps. You would hope that there's a little bit of improvement in year two of a new management setup in Clare. Same thing in Limerick. You would just hope that uh, there will be more than a couple of teams that were, were surprised by this year coming through next year. What is it about Limerick, though? They seem to be in this perpetual state of rebuilding. And they yeah, never actually some counties are like that. There's a couple in football as well that always seem to be in that boat. Is this not the best chance for Limerick to rebuild fully, though? Is this not the best under-21 team that we've seen? Is the 2015 team better than the one that's going to play this weekend? Well, like the thing is, uh, what I'm saying is that, you know, if you look over the years, you had Shane Dowling coming through, you had Declan Hannan coming through, uh, Keen Lynch is obviously still under 21 and he's in the final this weekend. They've always got these amazing players coming through, but when do they ever put it together? And that's the problem. Uh, Claire, I know you've mentioned them as a contender last year. At no point this year did I ever think they were going to win the All-Ireland. And I think that was something that was said in this podcast many times. And even if you look at the team that won in 2013, which is where any idea that they'd win an All-Ireland this year is based on that, because every other season they've been absolutely terrible. But like, if you look at it, they've actually lost a lot of the players that were there in 2013. If you go through the team, Donald O'Donovan is gone. David McInerney was injured a lot. He's still around, but he's excellent. Uh, Colin Ryan isn't there. Um, I'm struggling to think of the rest of them off the top of my head. Brendan Bugler uh, isn't on the team anymore. Um, Connor Ryan isn't there. Crucially, Connor Ryan isn't there because of, I think it was a blood sort of disorder that, that's uh, holding him back at the moment, so he retired. So I couldn't see where they'd come from. I think we will be left with a lot of the old, the, the big three and Galway. And, you know, I think it might be much of a muchness. But did you think this season was particularly exciting? Um, it was close, but a lot of the games were boringly close. Well, I don't see, as a commentator, I don't think there's a such thing as a boringly close game. If the game is close, I'm in, I'm intrigued, I'm fascinated by it in itself. Mm. I I got more of a kick out of the football championship this year than I did the hurling, and I kind of did last year as well, and this was on the back of three or four seasons where the hurling championship... If you took Mayo to the football championship, it wouldn't be exciting at all. I know we're kind of wandering down another path here, but I had this debate (coughs) with a Mayo man during the week. 
And as much as Mayo brought to this year's championship, which is just an extraordinary amount, if I was to take them out, there are still seven or eight games that I could point to where I, I really enjoy them. And this is on the back of three or four years with a hurling championship far outstripped the football championship for excitement. So it kind of comes and goes. But I, I did enjoy I did enjoy the um, the hurling championship. There were some incredible days. I think Cork's run to the Munster title was fascinating. It's key. I, I'm, I think that's actually open for debate, the, the whole football versus hurling thing. I think that just, the whole quarter-final setup for the football thing has... Well, the football championship was motoring along nicely. Yeah, until up until that point. And I think that's a <laughs> and huge... And you could say the provincial finals as well. There were eight games really that were, were fairly right one-sided. Whereas you look at the provincial finals, uh, okay, granted, uh, the, the, the Wexford Galway one was only really a half a game where you thought Wexford might actually win this thing, but certainly Wexford beating Kilkenny, Cork winning Munster are two huge moments. Great colour. Uh, you could almost describe them as the, the rebel and model spring, perhaps, as as the years go by. And I'm not, I'm, not ent- <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if I completely agree with you that Wexford might not be all-Ireland contenders. I, I do think it might take the year after next before they get to Galway's level like we don't know how Galway are going to react winning in All Ireland. I do think though the fact that they're in one B is going to be a very big help. That they've got a nice soft start to the year. They'll come back from the team holiday and they'll know they're not going to get relegated. Yeah, uh, and, the, and they're and they're guaranteed a place almost in the league quarter final. Which yeah. is you, you have to wonder will Galway self destruct over the winter? I mean, well, it's just a question. And I was reading years. I was reading Jackie Terrell's piece in in the Times this week, and he's talking about the potential for them to go soft with all the pats on the back and all the trips to the various clubs, pubs, weddings, anniversaries events between now and February and March and everyone telling you that you're the greatest and that you know the, what you've done for the county is just incredible bringing to an end a 29 year wait without Liam McCarthy and by the time you actually come back to play in the league you've just lost the edge yeah that and you can had. imagine like you'll be getting away with murder like they're going to be going out like if you think of other teams down through the years you spend the whole winter going out going absolutely nuts and I'm not sure I'm saying that they shouldn't enjoy themselves like by all means get it out of your system but you know all sorts could happen and when there's a lot of juice on board who knows what will happen but they're in like you're right they are in such an enviable position as All-Ireland champions because they're in Division 1B so they're going to be in the league quarterfinals Mm. they're going to get a chance to play at least one knockout match and try and defend the league title they won this year they're in the Leinster semi-finals so they're one championship win away from the All-Ireland quarterfinals like so it doesn't take much for Galway to get themselves into a position where they're going to be primed again yeah yeah, but at the same time, they do have the raw materials to to retain the title. But like this time last year, where we were all saying, "Geez, Tipper definitely going to retain the title," mm. and that's what winter can do to you. It can soften you. It can, can winter a bit too well. Yeah, I was just thinking back on the, or I watched back the game since we spoke on on air there on Monday night on the on the show on Off the Ball with Tommy Dunn and um, Dahi Regan talking, and Dahi was talking about how he felt Garrod McInerney broke. Austin Gleeson and I know in the past Dahi has spoken about how he played in his first uh, All-Ireland final and he got a slap in the first I think it was more or less the throw in and that kind of broke him so I think he was using that um, that experience but when I watch back the game Austin Gleeson actually won that battle in the first half and he drove McInerney out over the sideline at one stage and I watched the second half and both of them more or less didn't touch the ball and there was one stage when Gleeson caught a puck out brilliantly and I don't think you catch a puck out like that when you're broken and he, but he went to try and force the magic and throw a ball over his mm. shoulder from 45 metres But he out. wasn't affecting the game. He wasn't. But and I, whether but or not you're seeing Garrod McInerney blatantly and obviously influence the game, the fact that Gleeson isn't, well, that's Garrod's job done, isn't no, it? No, it's job done, but the idea that he was broken by him... That, that okay, it's probably a bit strong. I, I just, uh, no, he actually and Gleeson was still trying balls. to do an awful lot in the last 10 minutes. I wouldn't say that he yeah. was broken or anything. No, but, I think it was but bad decision-making. If, if he had had the game of his life, Waterford probably would have won the All-Ireland. 
They probably would. But I, I just take a little bit of issue with the idea that he broke him. I think it didn't work for Gleeson. I think he had a 6.5 mm. out of 10 type okay. game, maybe even a 6. We're going to have to move on. Okay. Because, it's a, as I said, it's a little mini gap week pod. We still have to touch on the uh, Borgosh Energy Under-21 final and the Camogie finals. Uh, the Under-21 final... Of course, it's Kilkenny and Limerick. Eddie Brennan is the Kilkenny manager. And in the build-up to this final, he's been chatting to Oshin. Eddie Brennan, Kilkenny manager. We're looking ahead to the board. Gosh, Energy All-Ireland under-21 final this Saturday in Thurles. It's up against Limerick. Um, you've had quite a, a smooth year so far. You had a tough start against the Leinster champions, Dublin, as in that was a tough game. But you came through it. You've kind of improved ever since, game by game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, it was one to kind of focus the mind very quickly when the draws were made. I mean, from day one, you knew the Leinster champions were coming to our patch for the first round, and we kind of built it up from a long way out because we knew we were going to have to really perform, um, given where Dublin Hurling was and has been at underage for the last couple of years. And probably the fact that it was in our own patch was 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 an added little kind of driving force and. I suppose from our perspective, we were mindful of, of, of over-cooking them as well, that they were, didn't get caught up in the emotion of it and that they kind of look forward to playing in front of our own crowd. And they said, and they did, they done well that night and, you know, probably could have won that match by more. But th- to be fair, look, Dublin or Leinster champions coming there and they were never going to throw in the towel very easily and they had their period of dominance. But, you know, after that, it was about getting over that hurdle. And then, you know, there was the deja vu of having to go back to Cusick Park and Mullingar. And again, a fierce battle. And, you know, it was something that really tested the, the mentality of our players as much as anything else because they asked a lot of questions of us again. And, and you know, you could forgive the players for thinking, is this going to happen again? Yeah. But they, they they drove through that. And then, look, the Leinster final was all about, I think, for me, you know, when you get to a Leinster final like that, with you know nothing to lose as such in that if you lose you're gone out of championship you say look you have to take off the handbrake tonight lads and go on hurl and, and, and express yourselves a little bit and not be afraid to go on hurl and not be afraid of the occasion and embrace it if anything and they did they hurled really well that night and unfortunately then the you know the the, the Allard and semi was just a, a non-runner unfortunately and it was you know it just it shouldn't be I suppose happening at this stage you know we talk about development of hurling but that was the obstacle that was in front of us and we just had to jump it you said the players were maybe a bit uptight, as paraphrasing incorrectly, but they had it in the back of their head, that game against Westmeath. Was it something that kind of sat on your chest all year? You did not want to be the manager, the Kilkenny manager, because you know how harshly Kilkenny people judge because of the high standards you've set for yourselves. I could quote Paddy O'Shea on the Kerry fans here, but we all know and remember what he said. And he was right. And that was, that was the thing that frustrated me when he said that. He was absolutely right. But anyway, you didn't want to be that manager. That would have been a horrible thing. And no matter what you did as a player, people would nearly throw that at you rather than the amount of All-Stars and the amount of All-Ireland finals you'd won. So was that something that kind of just sat with you all year? And once you got over Dublin and then got over Westmeath, maybe you felt a bit freer regardless of what happened from then? Yeah, it was strange because when you're looking ahead and, and we all have aspirations of getting to the big day, we never looked beyond Dublin. And I, it was only that night when someone said it, we're actually playing Westmead and it looks like we're going back. And I was like, geez, I didn't realise we were, we were in line to run into these boys again. And I was happy, but yet you would be apprehensive. And um, 
Yeah, that would, uh, to be honest, I didn't get too consumed with that, but it is there. It's definitely there in the back of your mind because, um, like I know myself, look, from, from playing days, people love to bring you down because you're someone that, that bears your soul on the pitch um, and puts in all that hard work and some days it doesn't work out. And I think a lot of people out there probably don't understand that unless your family, you know, families and friends close to you do that. And it is bearing your soul and, and that's what you're asking players to do. But I suppose, yeah, uh, you know, I think we jokingly said even on the bus, the management team going up like that, we said we, we might stay going to Galway and book a flight if this doesn't work out tonight, you know. So it was it was in your head, but to be honest, you know, I suppose I don't try not to, you know, I, I, I didn't get hung up on it or didn't let it consume us. I was happy with where the boys were mentally. I was happy that, you know, they were going in to play a serious challenge and that they were ready for it. And it turned out to be that. And I thought to us, look, it was probably... The, the toughest mental test that they've had all year was that match because for young guys who maybe haven't the psychological experience that you get as an older and adult player maybe you haven't the scars of battle that, that condition you for that so I was pleased with their mentality that night because they came through a big battle and like we went down to Westmead and it looked like you know this could happen again so all in all, I was pleased with that, but yeah, you would be. I mean, thank God it didn't come to pass, but yeah, it'd be, you'd have a fairly um, unique place in history in, in Kilkenny circles anyway. Yeah, and, and like, did you worry about God when I'm on the Sunday game, people will go, sure, that's the lad who lost to Westmead. Again, they wouldn't look and say, well, you know, he's done everything you can as a player in the game. You, you do great things as a coach. I know you've worked with clubs. Was that a worry to you? Yeah, to be honest, it was. And again, I haven't said this at all till now, but it was because you kind of turn around and say, well, how can you sit there and, you know, make observations of players, which is okay because you've been a player. But if you're going to turn around now and start, you know, picking holes in how a manager sets up and how to do it, say, well, I suppose your credibility is somewhat on the line. And and it was, you know, and it is, and that's just the nature of it. And, and I mean, outside of myself, probably no, not many would see that. But it was sometimes like, God, if, 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 if they don't, how can they say, how can you sit there and do that? So yeah. it's an added little thing. But thankfully, look, it didn't come to pass. And look, it's like Anton too. I think you get over those things too. I mean, like Anton, I said, life is all about the challenges it throws at you. And there's plenty of downs as much as there's ups. And like it's like Anton too. We, you know, we got over last year. You, you know, I've got over defeats as a player. I've got over things personally. That's just part and parcel yeah. of the journey that life brings. What did you think of when Davy said to Michael Dignan and Henry, until you manage, you can't really have an opinion on this? Yeah, I think, I, I don't think it's fair. I think, you know, I think, you know, I think Davy understands, he should understand it more than anyone that, look, you know, great players often don't make great managers. Um, you know, average players can sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. And I, I think it's not a one fits all, like, does not... Um, you don't have to manage to have an opinion. No, basically. you don't. Yeah. Certainly not, because uh, I think everyone has an opinion. But I think you know the guys are there to do a job, and and no more than 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 media. And for me personally, you know, I had my own way of dealing with that. But it's part of the occasion, the Sunday game, news talk, to all the people that that yeah. that deal with matches and deal with the occasion. They are as much part of the occasion as anything else. And I think sometimes we treat them with hostility as opposed to saying, look, it's just part of the occasion. They have a job to do the same as anyone else. And sometimes you say, well, you mightn't like what's wrote about you. That's just the nature of it. I think it's, you don't have yeah. to kind of justify yourself to anyone. But I just think it was maybe a little bit of a broadside from Davey. I mean, I think sometimes he does that. I think sometimes it's maybe trying to deflect attention from the real the real issues. But um, I think it was, you know, at the time it was mad to think that it, it seemed to have all 
spawned on the back of, of, of a tweet that was sent from, from someone on holidays, you know. But, ah, look, I think it's like that too. I think... If you're going to maybe turn on someone like that, I think you have to be careful that you're that you're not, you know, overcooking it, and that you're, you know, because at the end of the day, like, no matter what you think of somebody personally, I think for me you have to have always respect for somebody. Insofar as Michael Dignan has an exceptional knowledge of hurling, he has an exceptional knowledge of the politics that go on in hurling and everything that goes on. He's experienced as a player, and I've learned a hell of a lot from him as a pundit even yeah. um, because I, I went in there with my own ideas on what I see as how Harlem works and how it's based on my experiences but I learned a huge amount from all the guys that are in there I said jeez I never would have looked at it that way and it just has opened my mind a little bit and it's definitely helped me with the 21s this year that you can't just sometimes you're, you're dealing with something you then have to say leave it there and step back and take a, a kind of a broader view of it or a more holistic view of it and say okay am I missing out in here what about this and and you're looking at everything from different perspectives and I've I've learned that from the likes of Michael Dignan and Don O'Grady and Cyril Farrell I mean these guys are watching hard a, lo- a long time to know um, and I just think you know maybe as I said Davey I suppose sometimes look worry about the things that you, you should be worrying about and pass no heat on other stuff you know Do you kind of have internal arguments within your own head when you hear them talking about the sweeper system and how they don't like it and do you think to yourself okay I get it but as a manager I totally understand it and you just have to accept that hurling evolves I mean how do you look at it do you look at it as Eddie the player Eddie the manager or Eddie the pundit because you've kind of you're mastering all three yeah it's 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 a funny one because um I, and I think the, the probably the key to it is, is is putting yourself in other people's positions and seeing it from their perspective and say okay I can see why I can do it and and I see why Derek McGrath could do it and ultimately, he has a kind of a strategy to it and that they do push up towards the end of a match. They go for it a little bit. But personally, I think um, it, it, it's it's very difficult to probably win it to that system because it's based on such precision. Yeah. Your precision passes. You think of even last Sunday here, Kieran Bennett tried to, to squirt a little ball 40 yards across yeah. and Conor Cooney got it and stuck it over the bar after Galway had got a point. So that's yeah. a big swing. And that's the that's the, the nature of that type of a game. It is so precise. There's very little yeah. wriggle room for, manu- for mistakes. Do you like it as a system though, as a hurling man? I mean, can you understand... Oh. Yeah, I can understand why it is because, I mean, look, like anything, what do you want in hurling? You want the ball, so it's holding on to possession, it's making it right. But like anything, you know, I remember Willie O'Connor saying to me when I was marking him years ago back in the Kilkenny setup, and he said to me, sometimes he said, if you get around me, he said, hit your point. Because the longer you stay stolen with that ball, the more chance I have of getting you. And that probably rings true of a sweeper system. If you continue to play the ball around over and back, well, the chances are someone is going to overturn you. The part of me that as a player, and I heard Ken McGrath on with this, I would hate um, to be the one playing up there like the Jake Dillon and the Morris Shannon role. I would hate that because you're you're saying, okay, not alone have I to be... Sometimes when you were hurling, you had the ability to beat your man and then beat the second fella. But knowing that you're going toe-to-toe with guys, knowing that when my man just has to make sure I don't get it, his, his body is going to take it. In the 11-all league final here, I ended up playing with Dublin with almost two extra men back and it frustrated the life out of me I just I tried to we tried to myself and Matthew Root were there and I was trying yeah. to say to him look if we stay together it'll bring them tight and we have space to operate in it wasn't that easy you're very dependent on the quality of the ball in yeah. but yeah it's 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 hurling evolving and I just think that maybe for, for Waterford now they are well good enough for me to win in All-Ireland I think they have a squad there but they have attack and talent and I just think of it's probably the trick for Derek if he stays on I hope he stays on because it would be for continuity of that group 
maybe see can we tweak it a little bit and I keep saying about 2016 All-Ireland semi-final when he had the courage to go at Kilkenny and take Kilkenny on and it put him in a fierce command and position and just say there you are you have the raw material to do that and and hopefully he can because I think now his defensive unit should be good enough now to say we are now better at man-marking our men physically they're a big team so I think it's a case saying look let's get out of our comfort zone another little bit and go for it What about this Saturday's final against Limerick uh, Kean Lynch still under 21 I think you should really check his birth cert uh, I couldn't believe it I was, when I saw Limerick play for the first time this year I thought to myself how is he that young my point being they're very experienced they've got a lot of senior experience so I guess that the lazy analysis I'll make there is that physically they might have a bit more so is that an accurate analysis or yeah they do they certainly have experience and you know I'm looking at Tom Morrissey and I'm watching him since he was a minor like I look at him the size of him now like they're, you know they're, they're very big and physical, physically conditioned team and I think the last day Galway asked a hell of a lot of questions of them physically and, and probably their, their conditioning helped, helped them go right to the 63rd minute and whatever it took like and um, so that's it yeah look they've won in All-Ireland two years ago as well um, they're a, a bunch I think that have kind of stayed the distance since since minor um, a lot of them graduated straight away and won in All-Ireland that first year and you know they were probably caught by a very serious Waterford team last year so yeah they have the experience they have they have a lot of hurling done and a lot of them have senior exposure in, in Munster Championship as well, which stands to young guys at this level. So certainly, um, yeah, they do. They have they, they take a lot of boxes in that regard and, and that's probably the challenge that's there for us. But look, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be confident too in, in, in our players. I think we have some really good players and I think myself, it's, it's just the occasion. It just comes down to on the night, like getting it right and getting the mindset right and it could be a little bit of luck too. Like, I mean, it takes, I often say, in all Ireland finds if a ball flies into the square it hits the wrong hurl it's in the back of the net it hits the right hurl it's safe it could come down to something like that and it's just about making it happen for you and maybe the beauty of a final as well is that there's no more holding back it's 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 everything it's all or nothing and, and, and that's the way we're looking at it um, as I said um, you know it's a huge challenge um, certainly you know Limerick are seen by many people as as the strong team at this level and, and that's the challenge and you know what better challenge for young lads Obviously, the camogie side are in the final on Sunday against Cork, but the, your minors and seniors didn't make it as far as the final this year. Does that put a bit more pressure on? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think um, it just it just means we just get on with our business. I mean, look, in in somewhere like Kilkenny, it's funny how it just life goes on and and there's no more or less pressure. Um, yeah, we we could do with this, and a lot of people probably roaring at the radios. No, you couldn't. But from yeah. from an under twenty one, I don't level, I don't feel sorry for you, Eddie. I won't lie. <laughs> no, no, that's it. But look, um, like anything, look, you always need to be evolving. You always need to be producing yeah. players, and you could argue, look that teams now presently at inter-county level, particularly in the province of Leinster, are used to beating Kilkenny at underage level. So that's my job is to rectify that. And, you know, thankfully in our own province, we've rectified it a little bit this year, but it's about kicking on now because your job, as much as silverware is a return for me, it's how many of these guys now are, are ready to go and play senior hurling for Kilkenny. And that's probably one of the big things because that's the bigger picture at the back of this. Yes, the here and now is the All-Ireland final Saturday night. But ultimately, um, for, for Brian Cody and the senior management team, they're looking at this now and saying, is there any of these ready to, to, to mix it with the big boys? And I certainly think they are. Eddie Brennan, thank you very much. Kilkenny manager Eddie Brennan there. It's uh, a massive day for him, particularly given what he had to come through last year, Shane, when they were beaten by West. 
best meet in the Leinster Championship. Nobody wants to be remembered as the Kilkenny manager at any grade that was managing the side beaten by Westmead and they came back this year they beat Dublin they beat Westmead to get over that little that little bogey and um, albeit not a massive encounter to negotiate against Derry in the semi-finals they're within a chance of winning in All-Ireland at this level for the first time in nine years incredible for Kilkenny yeah and the the thing about it too is this probably isn't the most impressive looking Kilkenny outfit at under 21 level you've ever seen um, earlier in the year I ghost wrote a couple of columns for Eddie so I would have spoken with him a lot about this and that really hurt him last year that Westmead loss like his dad didn't even bother going to that Westmead game because he just assumed this is done like you know obviously we're going to beat Westmead and it was a great Westmead performance we all know that and uh, after the game against Dublin this year the first round he was very very emotional I don't know if you remember it but he seemed really really close to tears and he was saying you know I think it was Michal O'Donnell asked him you know, you seem really emotional here, and he goes, it just means so much to you, it's frustrating because you're used to playing and you're, you're so used to it that you're trying to kind of just trust the boys, and they were excellent tonight. And, you know, in that game, he chose not to start Luke Scanlon, who would be one of these coming players in Kilkenny, who would really be seen as, as, as someone for the future. And he kind of knew that if he lost, having not started him, he'd been be in an awful lot of trouble down in Kilkenny he'd be getting hammered out of it so he's got the courage of his own convictions and you know Luke worked his way back into the team it's been an evolving team John Donnelly wasn't starting earlier in the year and now he is and he's getting score after score he's actually a sort of a distant relative of Shane Dowling and if you watch the final he'll probably be centre forward he's the absolute go heck of it the exact same the left handed strike a portly individual but a lovely hurler really lovely hurler but that Derry game that was no test Against Wexford in the Leinster final, no test at all. They won that by 13 points. They ran away from Westmead, and that wasn't the best Dublin team. That so is that an issue? So given that Limerick, if Limerick win this, it's probably the hardest earned All-Ireland mm. in the history of the game. They've had to beat Clare, Tip, Cork, Galway after extra time, and now Kilkenny in a final if they get over the line here. And you just wonder, if it comes down to the crunch in the last 10 minutes, are Limerick just going to have... You know, the minutes under their belt, they'll be the battle-hardened battle team, or maybe they might be the battle-weary team. Yeah, it was a poor tip team they beat the first day. You know, that a lot of quite young players on that team, um, it's always impressive to be clear, and they hammered them. The Cork was mi- Cork were missing, um, Cork played a sweeper in the Munster final, and they were missing Dara Fitzgibbon, and Luke Mead had a broken finger. So that w- And they only won that game by a couple of points. So you've got to wonder... Well, maybe there's part of it you're kind of lulled into a false sense of security because you're like, they're without their, their two senior stars. Um, but the the Galway game, the way they pulled that out of the bag, level 10 times, Galway were ahead late on, and uh, they got four points unanswered in the closing stages. So with the forward line they have, Aaron Galan, Keane Lynch, you know, they've got Kyle Hayes in the team. Fairly fearsome outfit. It's a Galway team, though, that, Owen, where it's like the old times. They only get to play one game. Yeah, that's like, true. So it, it's it's certainly not a Galway team with an edge when you actually do meet them. All they've been able to live off is A versus B games in the build-up. Mm. Well, sure, Kenny aren't too far off that level as well, no? As well, in one well come on. They haven't won this championship since 2008. They haven't been able to get out of Leinster for the last three years because Wexford have been so dominant. Yeah. Dublin have won Leinster under 21 titles. It's not the same at all that Kilkenny at least had to play championship games. Yeah, I suppose. But I just think that Derry one was an embarrassment and that's a completely different uh, story altogether. We'll get down a complete other... We'll do another ra- rabbit hole that way. I'm just interested um, in two things. First of all, is how I'm feeling about potentially the re-emergence of Kilkenny. And I know it's only been one year today 
today have kind of been away and I'm already a little bit excited for the next Kilkenny gener- generation. I should not be feeling like this. Second of all, I'm very intrigued in Eddie Brennan as manager. Like, I mean, is is he... Like, is he the next Cody? Does he have a, a specific style of play? I've only really watched him on television. I haven't been to any of the matches. So I don't know. Like, is there, is there a trademark to the, to the Brennan philosophy? Well, what you, what you see with Eddie is basically he's kind of taking whatever the philosophy is of Brian Cody of get out there and absolutely hammer into each other. He's kind of putting that into the under-21s because even this week he was talking about how he 100% think, thinks Cody will stay on this year. And Cody's 63 now. Not that that's a, a big deal, but it just mentioned it. He actually happens to be the same age as Jimmy Barry Murphy. But anyway, Jimmy Barry Murphy still looks really? like he, yeah, still looks like he could if see. If he was still hurling for the, the for Cork seniors, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Jimmy Barry Murphy, if Jimmy was still lining out for the Cork know, seniors, yeah. he looks as fresh as a daisy. It, I mean, it's an interesting comment. I wonder is Eddie the next Brian Cody? There's probably been about six guys in the last 15 years who potentially could have been the next Brian yeah. Cody. Just like there, there could have been four or five brilliant goalkeepers in Dublin over the last 15 years, but none of them will ever get an opportunity mm. because the guy there is just too good. Wouldn't it be the worst thing to be the guy after Cody, though? The same as after Someday Ferdinand. Someday it'll, have to, it'll have to be that. Someone yeah. had to follow Mikko and was Sean it Mickey Boyan. Ned? Yeah. That it didn't work very well. It's, um, it's a pretty difficult thing to happen. As well, like Jackie Tyrrell's uh, autobiography is out now and, you know, he's given a bit of an insight into how Cody was such a psychologist and you were kind of always in that kind of line between excited for the next game and getting stuck in but worried about being dropped and there's kind of that that balancing act that's there all the time to get the absolute best out of yourself to make yourself afraid of being dropped but feel like you're still part of the group and I wonder well. are the players who would have hurled under Cody over all those years do they take that particular leaf out of his book and try and bring it to their own coaching philosophy mm. is Eddie Brennan doing that with the 21s I wonder trying to instill that insecurity yeah, well, the way he has been talking about the current Kilkenny team and how poor they were this year at certain stages, because their their rec- their win record was not good this year at all, he was talking about how basically that the work rate, I mean, if you sum it up, the work rate isn't where it used to be. And then if that's something he's noticing with the senior team, then that's obviously something that he wants to make sure doesn't mm. happen with his team. Who's going to win it on Saturday? Oh, man. Like, there's 24 players uh, involved, were involved in the All-Ireland Under-21 semifinals who played when Kilkenny met Limerick in the minor final three years ago 14, which is incredible really that, that so many so no surprise they've met in the under 21 final yeah yeah oh, it's unbelievably difficult to call I'll just about go with Limerick because you know Keen Lynch has such class about him Peter Casey what a forward got a few beautiful points in the qualifier against Kilkenny in Nolan Park and then you have Morrissey and Barry Nash as well so I'll just about go with Limerick Okay, fair enough. That is the Borgosh Energy Under-21 hurling final. It's Kilkenny-Limerick on Saturday evening. Huge day at Croke Park as well for the best camogie players in the country because all three All-Ireland finals, junior, intermediate and senior, will be decided at Croke Park on Sunday afternoon. It's been a busy week for Roisin. He's been chatting to Mags Darcy about how she sees these games going. Mags Darcy, four times All-Ireland camogie winner. We're looking ahead to Kilkenny against Cork in the final. Given what happened last year and the manner in which it happened... This should be quite a battle, shouldn't it? These two really don't like each other. There may be a bit of tension there from last year, but it's down to Cork's downfall, really. They, they'll say themselves that they collapsed on the day. Kilkenny took advantage and drove on, and they were worth their full value for their win last year. It's a different scenario this year, Oisin. You have two very uh, capable teams of using their bench, especially. Um, it'll be down to game management, I feel, on the day and, and how that bench is going to be used. It'll also They have two very tight defences. So to, for me, it's going to be who's going to transition from defence into offence and cap and put the ball over the bar in the back of the net. That's the simple facts of it. Who's going to be able to do that better? 
did we see Kilkenny kind of preparing for that essentially against Dublin in the, in the semi-final at times they had a sweeper at times Dublin had plenty of possession but they just could not break through well, Kilke- I, this boggles my, my like Kilkenny haven't changed their structure yeah. in 12 months and teams yet still won't mark and Dalton in the back she plays right in front of the full forward line for Cork she'll, she'll position herself there on Sunday and she'll clean up what of, whatever ball that comes in behind the half back, her half back line and she'll also cut out whatever ball comes into the full forward line if I'm Cork management man marker simple as Paddy Murray maybe got caught by that last year maybe even in the league final as well although we'll we'll kind of scratch off the league final because I guess the management teams maybe felt we're probably going to meet again later in the year in a bigger game so maybe they didn't want to give anything away but he'll surely cop it this time won't he? Yeah listen Paddy is one of the smartest managers out there there's no doubt in that and he has his credentials to prove that but at the same time they want Cork want to play their game too so that might not work for them by man Mark and Dalton or woman Mark and I should say in this sense um, so it all depends how Cork want to want to line out. I would would I would say I would recommend, especially to Cork, to actually just control your own game, control your own performance, and not worry about the other team. I think there was a little bit of that last year about how we're going to counteract other players. Where listen, you know, in football, in NFL, in whatever sport, keep the ball, be confident in your structure and your setup to have positive plays you know win the, win the tackle win the break win the aerial you know that will be the platform for whoever's going to win if you were Cork would you push up on the Kilkenny puck out because and I appreciate I'm probably only really going off one game here but against Dublin they tended to go maybe short and work it up the pitch and that's what Kilkenny do they, they really like to, to work the ball and kind of go through the lines because they can't really hit it long because they don't have the numbers up there because they play maybe a deep-lying de- defender. Yeah, well, how Cork sets up is that they actually invite the short puck out to happen and then put the opposing pressure on the opposition, so getting up in their faces to try to turn over the ball. Now, that will work uh, That will work against, you know, decent teams, but Kilkenny are an exceptional team in terms of their skill and first touch and winning primary possession. So... Potty Murray might be confident in his own play um, where I don't think he will turn over the ball too easily if you are to push up on uh, Uncle Kenny so to be honest Oshin, I if I was Potty Murray I'd probably sit you where I am at the moment stay as I am and be confident that my defence has only leaked one goal throughout the championship prior to the Galway game in the semi-final that when the ball does come down into our defence that we'll turn it over massively we have the work rate to do so and then we'll counter-attack I don't know if Gemma O'Connor is out but there's certainly a question mark over her how big a loss is that for Cork? Well listen if that's the case it'll be a massive loss but you know that hasn't been confirmed yet so we won't go down that avenue to, for me I know Gemma I don't unless they have to cut off her leg she will start yeah. um, and I think it's important for her to start Kilkenny know now that there is exposure there at the back line if Gemma goes off at any stage so they would have planned for that just like Galway probably didn't plan enough and they capitalised when Gemma went off the last day in the semi-final so that will be interesting but I'm sure Paddy has his work done to say listen Gemma's a fundamental player to the team it's important that we have her there but we've got someone equally to slot into that role should it be the case because she is exactly what you need against this kind of Kilkenny team isn't she she can use the ball but she is powerful she can turn it over as well yeah, she has it all. No more like Dalton down the other side of the field. They're actually doing the similar roles for each team, um, and they're the output for you know turning for support. Great distributors as well. Oh, distributing the ball, the vision that those two girls have. Um, but then again, you know we often say down in the club as well, you're making people into all stars by leaving them as sweeper. <laughs> These girls are all stars. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah, they really are. Um, what's your advice to the players 
ahead of this final. I appreciate most of them have actually already been there, but you've, you've won four, you've got a lot of experience. What would be your advice to them regards preparing for an All-Ireland? Pick the dressing room on the left. Really? We had a tour this morning at Crow Park and they asked my opinion on the dressing room and you know the stories behind it. So we were in dressing room one for four years. We won four years. So I'd say dress, pick dressing room one. <laughs> but no, listen, um, joking aside, advice is just play what's in front of you. Obviously, don't let the occasion overbear you. Last year, there was a bit of an incident on the carpet. You know, put that all to one side. Concentrate on the actual camogie. Um, the bench will be used, so leave everything out in the field. And to be honest, Oshin, whoever's going to put their head where you'd normally put a hurl is going to win the game. It's going to come down to a lot of bravery on the, on the, on the day and, and who's willing to make that, I suppose, that extra uh, tackle, that extra play. And it's attitude. A final is attitude. There's nothing else. Just attitude will win it. And I know that this far out it's probably hard to make a call so I won't ask you for a call per se but I will ask for your experience of the last 5-10 minutes because you, you reckon that's when it's really going to be decided this is going to be an incredibly tight game what's your experience of that last 5-10 minutes you were saying in the Q&A here uh, that when the stewards are called that's when you knew this is it yeah they normally come out at about 10-12 minutes to go and that's your cue to go right if we're if it's in the melting pot we need to drop the gear we need to actually attack this game now if we're up we need to keep going so you know you, you'll see the stewards come out on Sunday the girls will know themselves I, I know I had a joke and skit about it earlier but like that is the stage where you need to grab momentum in the game and you need to just close the game out or you need to get back into the game so that's the warning sign with about 8-10 minutes to go I don't know who's going to be up or down at that stage of the game if I'm being honest with you it'll have a lot to do with injuries um, and how the, how the bench will be used How much did you stress about puck out ahead of an All-Ireland final? Did I stress about them? Did you stress about them? Yeah. It's, it's such a major thing that people talk about now ahead of any hurling match or camogie match Yeah I can assure you as a goalkeeper the more you stress about it the more it won't happen yeah. so you just go out you, you put your two cornerbacks your two wing backs. You, you go out for 20 minutes 45 minutes you know the Friday night the Thursday night before in All-Ireland and you just really naturally practice sharp acute striking to them and build up your confidence and that's what will happen on the day you see Crow Park's a very big pitch yeah. uh, you know Oisin there will be no sense of over striking the ball so it's a matter just about getting those dimensions right um, and having confidence in your short puck out play long puck outs is finding the space making sure the girls are running out the field to create the space so you can pop the ball in over so then it runs runs on to their full, our full forward line or our half forward line say if the, the strategy that you've worked on isn't quite working out did you have kind of like a plan B right if this isn't working I'm just going to lorry it into the middle and oh, fight for it yeah well I think the statistic is that it takes 3.2 seconds it depends on the game and the standard of the game it takes 3.2 seconds for uh, the ball to travel in the air from when the goalkeeper pucks it out to when it drops at the other end of the field so if you are under the pump more than likely is that you want to you know lowered the ball up essentially just to, to, to keep the pressure off your, your defence line it depends on the type of play as well Oshin. Yeah. if our backs are under pressure the last thing they want to do is run out from a, a score or from a defensive uh, setup and then turn around and take a puck out and then pump the legs again they will be quite tired so yeah it, it all depends you have to play what's in front of you Max thank you very much no hassle thank you so there's Mike Darcy with her thoughts on Sunday um, we only really have time to focus on the senior game Shane um, what are your thoughts well, I think it's a, just before you, like we focus fully on the senior, I think it's interesting that Paddy Murray, the Cork manager, he's actually going to be managing the intermediate team at 2 o'clock and then the senior team at 4 o'clock. And Tony Ward has done it with Galway before. But like, how do you stay fully tuned in for, for both of those games? Like, You're probably going through an emotional so roller you're not coaster. in the cha- He won't be in the changing room given 
when they first arrive into the dressing rooms at Croke Park, the senior team, the Cork mm. seniors for this game at Kilkenny, he won't be there with them. Yeah. He'll be on the but, sideline already. But I think it's probably just more an interesting point, you know, from, from a spectator point of view. How do you do this? It probably makes zero difference Well, he's ser- obviously making it work. They've both reached the All-Ireland. He'll have to put the cork back on the champagne afterwards, which would just be the most <laughs> awkward moment coming in, absolutely off his head on celebration. It's just like, yes! And then back down, quell things down. Let's get ready for the actual senior final, which I do think, uh, I think Kilkenny are going to win back-to-back here. Yeah. And I think Anne Downey is looking for a fourth consecutive national title, a bit of a double-double. Yeah, they, like Kilkenny have been really impressive this year. And I, I was looking at a column that Dublin's Sarah O'Donovan, who's a Cork native, uh, she used to play for Cork, and she was all talk, always talking about how Anne Dalton needs to be stopped. Like, she's the machine-like midfielder for Kilkenny, just so impressive up and down. And she said somebody is probably going to have to sacrifice their game to stop her. And she actually kind of referenced how Garod McInerney, <laughs> well, I won't say broke, but tracked uh, Austin Gleeson throughout that final. And at the other side, then you've Ashleen Thompson, who is quite an athlete herself, that she needs to be stopped. So, you know, it's quite interesting. Like, Do you remember in the final last year that goal that Shelley Farrell scored? That was... And I was watching that the other day. That was on the back of an unbelievable team move where they were just carrying the ball up the field, giving it to the right woman at the right time. She got the ball and slammed it into the roof of the net in a manner that her brother, John Joe Farrell, I think would struggle even to do. It was incredible stuff. So, I think it's brilliant they're meeting in the final for the second year running. There's going to be, there was a great atmosphere at the game last year. It's going to be even more so this time around because uh, Cork are desperate for a little bit of revenge. That was uh, the match with all the kind of tussle beforehand, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, in the, in the pre-match parades. Okay, well, listen, we're out of time. Lads, thanks a million. All of our GA and news talk and off the ball is with thanks to Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Under-21 Hurling Championship. The final is tomorrow. For more, follow hashtag Hurling to the Core. We'll be back next week with our All-Ireland Football Final Preview. Give me a goal on here. Goal chance for Conor McGrath. Surely give it in, Conor. Oh! What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keane Mackie's still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> it's been a look, Sandra. It's been a wild effort on goal. It's on the goal! It's on the Saying that.